I am excited to let you have this message. And I'm also excited to preach it the second time. The first time it was heavy. The second time, Leah asked me when we were in the office just now, are you heavy? And I said, well, you know the answer to that. Come on, Jesus. I certainly am heavy. She got mad at me. Some of y'all can't tell, but I'm a big man. But it is heavy, but I don't care. It's exactly what God called me to do. And I knew at the beginning of this series, eight weeks long, I knew that God had called me to preach this. Because he started giving me stuff, and I was like, where is this coming from? This is crazy. Do you want this this week? And it kept feeling like next week, next week, next week, next week. Well, next week's here. And so I just want to jump in and tell you that this whole series, if you're a guest, this whole series is about how we think backwards, how our nature, we think what I call upside down. What we actually think is that God's way is upside down, but his way is correct. And we've done this thing backwards. We've done it wrong side up or whatever you want to call it. But it's time that it's flipped. It's time that we think God's way. And if you agree with that, say yes. So let's rock. Good job, Mark. Let's rock and roll. The title of this message is Upside Down. Tolerance. Tolerance. My goodness, I'm going to preach. Is this not a hot word today? Tolerance. 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 I mean, it should be someone's name because we use it so much. You got to tolerate them. You got to tolerate this. You got to tolerate this. And if you're my age, if you're my age, if you're a Gen Xer, then we had the same type stuff. It was just different stuff, right? We were, we were called to tolerate things, and it was different. And we think now, when we get together with our friends that are our age, we look and say, holy cow, the world's different. But here's the truth. It is different because what we tolerated is now accepted. And now they're infiltrating with other things, asking us to tolerate. But tolerance is such a hot word, not because someone is smarter than us, but because the enemy has always wanted to infiltrate God's culture. Can I tell you something? This message is intended for the church, not for everybody out there. If everybody out there wants to hear it, they can hear it, but it's intended for the church. You happen to be listening, but I mean capital C church, not just Four Points Church. The problem is we've decided because we think that it's cool or we think that it's right that we have to accept everything that people tell us we need to accept. And I'm here to tell y'all today, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying no more. That's not what we're about. Because the problem is I've been beating this drum seriously since God called us to plant a church. That we want to build a culture that's bigger and better than everybody, than, than the culture that's out there. But you can't do it and be like the culture. Are y'all Okay can't do it. And that's the problem with the tolerance culture. I call it the cancel culture. Can we call it what it is? It's the cancel culture. I'm going to just tell you that I didn't say this in the first message, but this is what comes to my mind. Tolerance. A guy that I really love that's a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama, one of the biggest churches in America. It's about three months ago. He liked, listen to me, listen to what I'm saying. He liked the tweet. He liked the tweet of a guy that he has a relationship of. Has nothing to do with who's he voting for. Has nothing to do with who's anything else. He liked the tweet. Liked. Pressed a little hard on Twitter. And the city of Birmingham banned him from every public school and their church, which is the largest church in the southeastern United States and one of the five biggest in the country. Banned the church. 
Ban the church that had given tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. I've never seen a church give more than the Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. And they banned them from every... See, they can't go in any public place. If they're representing the Church of the Highlands, they're banned from it. Why? Because they didn't tolerate what they wanted them to. Or so they even... You associated with something that we call canceled, so you're, you're, now, you're now canceled out. Was it a political thing? Nah. It was just a person that happens to support the political thing that they don't support, and they canceled him. This is the battle that we're facing today, y'all. And I'm not telling you that I think our church is about to get shut down. This is way bigger than that. This is way bigger than that. This has to do with your homes. Let me look at This has to do with your homes. This has to do with your livelihood. This has to do with, listen, my children who's sitting in front of me and her children and her children after that. Because if, if the past generation had done this right and drawn the line in the sand, we wouldn't be where we are. But I'm here to tell you we're repeating the same patterns as our forefathers. We're, 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 we're fighting over the wrong things and not seeing what God would have us see. And we're missing the whole point because we're allowing the cancel culture to infiltrate us. And tolerance is the key word in our society today. And it's going to kill us. It's going to kill us. This is the definition of tolerate. It's to allow the existence or occurrence of a practice of something that does not necessarily agree with me without inference, without me saying anything. I just tolerate it. I just allow it. But this is the problem is culture is defined by not the thing you want to be. In your home, you have a culture. What is the culture? I don't know what I did. Help me, Jesus. Oh, Lord, Jesus, it's a fire. Oh, there it goes. It was the Lord. Culture is defined as the behavior or value that I tolerate, that's the least. It's the least. That becomes my culture. So I can say we have a friendly culture, but if I tolerate mean people in the lobby as the pastor of this church, guess what? Our culture is not friendly. It's hateful. Why? Mark Pangle tolerated it. The leaders of this church tolerated it. The volunteers tolerated it. We knew Grumpy, Grumpy Gus was out there being mean to everybody, but we tolerated it. Are you okay? We're just getting started, but i got to lay some groundwork. It's what you tolerate that becomes your culture, and the culture of our home is what's at stake. The culture of the American family is what, forget what I just said, the culture of the family of the church is what's at stake. Family, what God intended for it to look like, that's what's at stake. So who's behind this culture war? Who's behind it? Thank you for asking. I'm going to show you. Genesis chapter 3, we're going to go back to the beginning. Back to the beginning, God has created Adam and Eve. God created man in his own image, Genesis 1. And then he created Eve out of Adam. And then you have an Adam, Eve, and then he says, y'all can eat of all these trees in this garden. Y'all have dominion, you get to rule, you get to do anything you want. Listen, this is what I think is cool about God. It's not that God controlled us and gave us a lot of rules. It's actually the opposite. He protected us from one stinking tree and said, don't eat of this. And then... The serpent comes. This is Satan. He comes. And this is what it says. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God has made. Does anybody else, when you see serpent or you see snake, do y'all think, I'm a snake? Anybody? I know you do. I see you. I'm a slithery snake. If y'all hadn't seen it, I recommend you don't because it's embarrassing. <laughs> But I understand why that's the devil, because it's weird, right? Come on, somebody. But it says that he was more crafty 
And he said to the woman, now watch this because this is what tolerance does. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree in the garden of any tree? Well, that's not what God said. Get me now. Listen, listen. He, what, what Satan loves to do is to twist the truth. This is the problem with tolerance. Tolerance is not going to come at you like a wave thinking this is awful, awful, awful bad. It's just trying to infiltrate like a splinter, like, like a tiny cancer cell would come into your body. You can't recognize it. You can't see it, but it's just little. It's subtle, and it comes in. Did God really say? Well, he did not say what you said. What he actually said is you need of all of them except for one. And then this is what he says. I don't have it on the screen, but he said, you won't surely die. It won't be that big of a deal. Just tolerate it. Just try it. It's not really that big of a thing. And here's what we know. We know they did. Eve gave it to Adam. Adam took it. God came to them. They hid themselves. And because they did what God had, not, had told them not to do, they were expelled from the garden. I believe to protect them. But the point of the matter is, they allowed it. They allowed it. They knew the rules, and they allowed it. But this is what I think y'all need to know about crafty. This is who our enemy is. He's not God's enemy. He's defeated. But he's our enemy. Crafty means cunning and artful, skillful in devising and, excuse me, pursuing a scheme by deceiving. He is the deceiver. By deceiving others or taking advantage of their ignorance, y'all, that is us today. How do you know? Because we're ignorant about something. I can only not be ignorant when, when the, the, the lens has been pulled off my head. And I, we walk out the door every day and we have these ideas of how much we know. We come out puffed up. I know more than you. But I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. I don't know what it's like to be you. And here's what I really don't know what to do. I don't know what it's like to be God who knows it all. So most of the time, my relationship with God looks like this. God, will you come and fix them because I'm right? It's okay if y'all are quiet, but I need an amen or two if y'all agree. Right? That's what we do. We tell God all the time, change them, Lord. Change them. How many times? Like, we don't really spend a lot of time telling God to change us. We want God to change them. But that's ignorance. I need to be changed every day because I'm a fool when I'm right in my own mind, when I'm self-righteous. But that's the culture. It's infiltrating me every day, and the only thing I want with my relationship with God is that he'll just come make me feel better and give me some Jesus juice so maybe I can feel a little bit good and go through this day and get through this crazy COVID, and all these people are dying, and I don't know what to do, God, so just help me. We don't want to be salt and light. We don't want to be greatly used by God. We just, just don't let my, my kids get hurt. And it's tough because the reality is that's the way most of us are designed. We want safety. But it's hard to be safe and change a culture. It's hard to be loved and change, the, change a culture. And I believe God called each one of you, no matter what your belief system is, created in his image to not be a part of, but be a part of his culture, the kingdom culture, and change the one that you live in, but you can't do it while you're the same as. He's crafty, he's cunning, and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything about you. And he'll do it by any means necessary. And today what I wanted to preach to you on that I felt like the Holy Spirit led me to do was the spirit of Jezebel. Someone say Jezebel. Because I believe of all the different demons that show up in the Bible that you see in the Old Testament and then rear their head again in the New Testament that, that I'm going to show you in just a minute. I believe of all of them, this one attacks what we're dealing with today. 
The goal of Jezebel in the Old Testament was to silence the prophets and get her evil scheme going to the forefront. But I don't believe in the New Testament and in today, this Jezebel spirit is a woman. I believe it's, it's an angel that has fallen. And I'm going to show it to you in Revelation 2 in just a minute. But I want you to see, in the Old Testament, Jezebel shows up on the scene in 1 Kings 18 when Elijah has said it's not going to rain or do or do anything for three and a half years. And that would make us angry if we lived in the nation and this prophet said it's not going to rain. If you agree, say yes. Now, when it's raining a lot, like the first few months of the year this year, I was thinking, Elijah, where are you? Right? But then when it stops and you can't even get a droop, I said drew because it came out all at once. A dew droplet and it's, the earth is cracking and it's dried up. You'll take anything you can get. And so here's what Elijah does. He says, I'll tell you what, let's meet on, the Mount, uh, let's meet on Mount Carmel and let's see whose God is really worthy. And so Jezebel, the Bible says, by the way, that these 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah sat at the table of Jezebel, which means she was... She was in charge, and they were listening to her, and she was giving instruction. And so it, she brought her 950 against one. And the Bible says that Elijah made fun of them. Y'all got to read it. It's amazing. He called them out, and he said, maybe your God's going to take a pee break. That's literally what the Bible says. I think it's awesome because he talks junk. And none of them could do it. And then Elijah poured water on it and called fire from heaven. It was amazing. And, and, but here's what happened. Here's what happened. Ahab, who was the king, who was controlled by his wife, by the way, he goes, oh, there must be something to this. And he listens to him, and then rain comes right after that. He says, I hear the sound of a mighty rain. It's such a great story. But Jezebel gets mad, and she threatens to kill Elijah. And what happens to Elijah is he goes and hides in a cave and just says, God, it would be better if I was dead. The day before, listen, dude was calling fire from heaven. That's freaking crazy. If I could call fire from heaven, I like to think that a woman could not cause me to go hide in a cave. But that's why I believe it ain't just a woman. I believe it's evil. I believe it's demonic. And I believe that's what the cancel culture wants you to do because no matter what a great man or woman of God can do, they can't do it on their own and they're not called to do it on their own and what we're called to do is hush and be quiet. But here's what I believe he really wants to take from you. And I put this in here because I believe you gotta get this to get the rest of it. In 1 Kings 21, we got this guy named Naboth. Two chapters later, and Ahab comes to Naboth and says, give me your vineyard. I want your vineyard that I can use it for my vegetable garden because it's near my house and I'll give you a better one or I'll give you some money, whatever the value is. And Naboth said, no, sir. The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my father. Pause. I need everybody's attention. I don't care if you've listened to one thing that I've said. I almost fell off the stage, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> If you haven't listened to anything else, you've got to get this. What is the enemy after? Your inheritance in Christ. The thief comes to steal, steal, steal. It's not just a cool verse in John chapter 10. He's trying to kill and destroy you. But what he'd like to take from you is your ability to expand the territory of the kingdom of God because we don't have to build. We expand and God builds on, on what we have expanded. It's his land. It's not my land. I'm called to steward what he puts in my hand. And what the enemy wants to do is cause you to be distracted to sell out to a different culture. By the way, I just I got to add this, but during this series, we, we've talked about this. 
John 15, I'm the vine and you're the branches. But the Bible says in the first part of that chapter that he is the farmer. He's the vine keeper. God. So, so all this farming that's being done in the vine and the branches, the vine and the branches, Jesus is the vine and you guys are the branches that produce much fruit. He's the one that makes it happen. He is the one that provides the seed to the sower. What am I sowing into? A vineyard. It is, my, it is my inheritance. It is not that I get big cars and houses. And if you're blessed, praise God. But that's not what this is about. It's eternal return on investment. And if I believe it's anything else, I've missed the whole point of the gospel. Now, the problem is when I sell out to the cancel culture and I won't stand on the truth, I've let him steal my vineyard and I've wondered what's wrong with me. And I beg God, please give it back. But you're the one that gave it up. Here's what's crazy and awesome about God, though. Even if you did, he's faithful and just, and he'll give it back. He'll return it back. But not just because you say magic words, but because your heart turns back to him. And so in this story, this is what happens. I left out some of the verses, but you got to read it. Ahab goes home, starts pouting. Jezebel comes in. What's wrong with you, Jez? Or what's wrong with you, Ahab? He's like, Jez. <laughs> Naboth won't give me his vineyard. I got, I, he, he conquered, by the way, I don't know if y'all know this about Ahab, only Solomon conquered more land as a king than Ahab. Not David, not any other king, just Solomon. So this dude had land, but he wanted his. Because the enemy knows no bounds in how much territory he wants to take. I'm going to keep preaching even if y'all don't talk back to me, but I'm preaching good. He wants to take the territory. Listen. And so this is, what, this is what Jezebel does, and I believe this is what Satan wants to come against you and do. Oh, don't worry, I can get it for you. So she, she schemes, remember? The snake, the serpent was more crafty. She schemes and gets these people to get mad at him and kill him because she knows if he's dead, he can't keep his territory. And it says that they stoned him because they tricked him. They, they, they lied to people to kill him for him. And then look what this says. Verse 15, as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and he was dead, Jezebel said they have, take possession of the vineyard. Take this territory. Because Naboth of Jezreel, excuse me, Naboth of Jezreel, it says Jezreelite, but we'll just go with it, which he refused to give you for money. Naboth's not alive anymore. He's dead. Gracious, I keep doing that. I'm going to get it eventually, y'all. Sorry. It said, and as soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, and took possession of it. That is what our enemy wants to do. He's looking at every church. He's looking at every home that is represented in this room, and he's like, I can take that territory because they'll sell out. They'll sell out. Because God had a plan for you. Matter of fact, he said, he said you will be made in my image. Let us make man in our image, Genesis 1. And then what was the very first command? God blessed us and said, let them be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. But you can't do that if you don't have a vineyard. And that's the problem is we're all living with, with looking out going, are they happy with what I'm saying? But it's not about that. It's about are you accomplishing what God has put you on this planet to do to be salt and light? We should love people. This is not about we shouldn't love people. But we've sold out to the cancel culture. We've tolerated things that are not supposed to be tolerated. And this is the problem. The culture war isn't about personal preferences. It's about kingdom territory. 
So now I'm going to get to the part that I'm actually going to preach. That was all the setup. Here's where we find Jez show up again in Revelation chapter 2. The Bible says, it, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. This is good. I hope all of y'all will agree with me that this verse, when it pops up, is a good thing. He says, I know your works, your love, and your faithful service, your patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed your first. I don't know about you, but I want my latter works to exceed the works that I did at first. Anybody else? But then, the problem comes. However, I have this against you. You, what's this word? Huh. He said, you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Now, I'm going to give you my belief system. I strongly believe it, and I can back it up with lots of different theologians. In this particular case, I do not think that it's actually a woman's name. I think it does refer back to 1 Kings and this princess that was evil, that wanted to control and wanted to change and was vile. But I think this now steps into a different thing because this may have been a woman, but I believe a whole lot more it was about control and it was about allowing sexual immorality to infiltrate his church. It's his body. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said. She calls herself a prophetess and in her teachings and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and eat food, sacrifice to idols. Quick explanation. That just means you defile yourself on the outside. Don't get, don't get caught up. It's Chick-fil-A not defiled because it's Jesus' chicken and, and Zaxby's is. That is not the case, all right? <laughs> Some of y'all will get it later. That's not the case. That's not what this is about. And for us, we don't have to worry about what's the food and who. who. This is about is it defiled? Does it defile me on the outside? And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, all sexual immorality defiles me on the inside. And he's saying, you've allowed her to defile you inside and out, but you've given her a platform in your places of worship. Listen to me. This does not just mean platforms. This means in your home. It means this thing in your home. Because that's what we worship. It means what we put in our ears. And I grew up with some of these messages, but it was full of hate. And they didn't get the point across that I wasn't battling a bad musician. I wasn't battling Hollywood is awful. I think that's silly, and it doesn't even make sense. Our battle is not flesh and blood. But I've got to be aware enough that the infiltration of what is trying to be changed from generation to generation is slowly leaking in. And we as the church have just said, cool, go with it. We got no morals anymore. Can I tell you something? This could not be more not political, apolitical. This is not Republican or Democrat. If you believe that it is, I have sorely failed. This is not about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, but I'm going to shoot a large elephant gun in just a minute at several different things. Because I'm tired of tolerance in places that we should not be. I'm tired of one side of Christianity hating everyone. Because this isn't about hating people. This is about standing against spirit. Look at what the Bible says. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her in onto a, what's it say? Sit say it loud. Sit huh. I wonder, 
I wonder if what we're experiencing for the last six months of our lives has anything to do with this. God would never. Which God? Huh? Which God are you talking about? Because I don't believe this is hate. I believe this is an unbelievable love giving us a chance to say, whoa, maybe it's time to reprogram ourselves and turn back to God. Am I talking about this country and I'm going to raise old glory? Nope. This is the church. This is not America. Do you hear what I'm trying to tell you? I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) don't miss it. This is about us either screaming in anger at groups of people because we hate them for what they are or more likely than not in my culture sitting in silence when we should not be silent. And he says, you know what? I'll throw them into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her, stop, listen. Does that mean sexual sins with that, with her? No, 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 no. I want you to get this. It means adultery with your heart. With your heart, with your heart, that Jesus is not your first. He's not the first thing that you think of and the last thing. He's not the one that you shoot, go after and, and with all your heart. He's not what you seek every single day. He's just something you hope to add to the equation, like a little flavor of Kool-Aid that if it tastes good, I'll keep going, but if not, I'm gone. And because of that, we've had affair after affair after affair as a Christian people that has completely and totally turned our backs on our one true God. Jesus is not the center of our homes, and we're not trying to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're hoping that God will bless us in our endeavors. How do you know, Mark? Because if I asked some of y'all to tithe, you would think that I was stealing from y'all, and that is a telltale sign that you don't seek first the kingdom. Like I'm trying to rob you when I'm trying to get you to do what God called you to do. You will give to any club, anything, but you talk about giving your first fruits to God and people freak out. Why? Because we've had adultery and our hearts are worshiping something else. Oftentimes it's the God of me. And he says, I'll throw you into a great tribulation unless they, what's this word say it loud? Say it loud. Repent. Repent. I want to remind you, if you haven't heard this, you can hear it for the first time. The word repent does not mean I'm sorry for what I did. The word repent means change having been with. It's the word metaneo in the Greek. We get metamorphosis from it. It means changed having been with. I cannot honestly be with God in Jesus and stay the same. So what's the problem in the American church? I'm more worried about what they think about me because I won't stand for truth and love them anyway. And it's infiltrated us. So look, the Jezebel spirit wants you to tolerate sexual perversion so the next generation will do it. I'm going to give y'all a lot right now. If you got a youngin in the room and you ain't supposed to, I strongly recommend you take them out right now. It's a you problem if you got to answer questions because you know what you're supposed to do. of y'all seen this? Uh, Raise your hand if you've seen it. Netflix cuties.
This is 11-year-olds, by the way. 11. They're sexualizing 11-year-olds, trying to make them sexy. Now, I haven't been angry in this message, and I'm not angry. I promise you, at this moment in my life, I'm not an angry person, but I'm angry about this. Why? Because I like to watch TED Talks. I don't know if y'all have ever listened to them. I really like it. I like to read leadership books and do all that. And I noticed a TED Talk from 2018 that was trying to tell me that I should begin to accept pedophilia. Now, it's subtle. Everybody listen. It's subtle. Because it's just creating the case that it's a chemical problem and certain people struggle with it and they can't help it, but they genuinely, someone my age, genuinely loves your 10-year-old. I can't say all the things I'm thinking right now, okay? But, but what I am thinking is, okay, so that TED Talk didn't work because it got tons of negative stuff. You would not believe all the stuff in this TED Talk. They can't help it. Excuse me? So every urge and craving that I have, I should just give over to because I can't help it and I won't be happy if I don't do it. That's literally what this woman said two years ago on a TED Talk that you can watch because it's on YouTube. You, YouTube hadn't taken that one down. Now, they'll take something down if it's about Jesus. But then you got this subtle thing because this isn't that big of a deal. It's about girls dancing, but you can't tell me that this isn't about sexualizing girls. Now, watch. 99.9%, probably, let's just say every person in this room thinks it's disgusting. Can we agree on that? But be careful because if we allow it in this generation... If it's tolerated this much in this generation, it'll be accepted in the next one because that's what happened to us, Gen Xers. Listen to me. That's what happened to us. So what do you mean? I mean, let's not forget that two generations before us, you couldn't even talk about homosexuality. It's okay that it's quiet, but I'm telling you the truth. And then it was tolerated a little bit and it was accepted and this kind of stuff started infiltrating its way in. And then a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And then in our generation, when we were teenagers, you'd see people, and this is what we would think. And I'm just telling the truth. I'm crazy enough to just be honest. Well, there you go. Now, should we have been hateful to the people? No, listen, I have tons of friends. I need y'all to not miss this. Lee and I have had homosexual gay people in our home, and we love them dearly, dearly. And I do not apologize for that because I don't want y'all to misassociate what I'm saying with hate. But I also, as a church, capital C, do not condone anything but the way God intended sex, which is between a man and a woman in marriage, period. Listen, period. How do you know the cancel culture is working? Because if you watch any show, any show, any show, and you got two teenagers and they're dating, it makes fun of the fact that they try to wait till they're married, married and stay virgins till they, to have sex. It makes fun of it as if that's bad. W what does that mean? It's the cancel culture. It's tolerance. It's the spirit of Jezebel all in this world. And we just sit there and this is what we do. <laughs> it's funny. Rewind. We laugh at the jokes. We keep it on our TVs, and we tolerate it, and we tolerate it, and we tolerate it, and we tolerate it until 
the generation that we're now in that we have children now has to live with it because we tolerated it. And their generation will not only live with it, it'll be pushed, which it's being pushed right now, if y'all can agree with me. And then the generation after that will be godless because in every great superpower in the history of the world, I'm not going to try to do that. Yes, I am. In every great, I got long legs, I can make it work. I might have to stretch though. In every great superpower in the history of the world that had anything godly in it whatsoever, the fall of it was its immorality. If you study Rome, one of my favorite one of my favorite things to study in church history and just history in general the power of Rome began to crumble not because they forgot how to rule because they were pretty doggone good at it but because young boys started being their lovers do you hear me pedophilia is just a foothold away in the door and do you know how you know We've allowed this to come into our world because we're scared to death to say anything because we will get canceled. We'll get canceled. We're scared to death. Y'all, I was nervous this morning. What was I nervous about? I was preaching the truth. But I felt so, I felt such a heaviness in my heart. I believe it's because the, the enemy does not want us to speak the truth. That we don't tolerate we love deeply every human being. This has nothing to do with hating humans. But there are organizations that are absolutely, listen to me carefully, evil. Evil. And I didn't do this in the first one, but I'm going to do it in this one. I had to wait till afterwards. But tolerance is just normalizing something. And I cannot be delivered and make that thing normal. It can't, I, can't, I can't be delivered from something that I make common and put in my home, put in my mind, say is Okay. I must repent. Y'all watch. If anybody knows me, and I, I believe most of you do, if you're a guest and you haven't ever heard me talk before, I'm so thankful that you're here. I would say it's not normal, but maybe this is the new normal. But I speak strongly. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. All my brothers and sisters, no matter what color you are. Basically my whole life. There's a few people in here, Kendrick could tell you, there's few people in here that could tell you that since I've been a kid growing up playing ball, I've always spoken against racism. This isn't something new. So do I hate racism? I hate it. I hate racism. Hate racism. And I have said many times on public forums, in private places, I believe black lives matter. I believe we can't be silent about it. I believe it really does matter. Hear me right now. Hear me, hear me, hear me. But the organization Black Lives Matter is freaking evil. The organization is satanic. How do you know? Read their freaking leadership guidelines. I'm it's unbelievable. Can I tell you something? This is what I think is so fascinating about the enemy. This is how we twist the truth to infiltrate it, to kill, steal, and destroy. What the enemy wants to do is kill black people. People that I love, that I stand for, I hate injustices. I hate injustices, but the Black Lives Matter organization, not the truth that they really do matter, but the organization supports Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood, look at the statistics. Guess who they kill more than anybody else? Black babies. Plan Listen, Black Lives Matter, you can read in their, in their articles of incorporation, they support deeply the LGBT. And I... I support LGBT people, but they support that you need to be, and it's the way of America, and if you're not, we cancel you. 
It's evil. It's evil. So this is the problem. You got to marry one or the other. You either have to hate the organization and hate the people, or you got to marry that organization that I believe is demonic and not say Black Lives Matter. You know what? Here's what I say. Screw that. I believe Black Lives Matter, and I believe they're demonic. And I don't care what any cancel culture wants to tell me. Forget the cancel culture. But here's what you got to watch, because remember what the, the enemy wants to get at your ignorance. You will find yourself supporting the organization if you're not careful, or you'll find yourself hating the people. And on either side, the enemy's winning. Jesus must be high and lifted up in everything that we do and we must turn to him or we will be a nation that hates each other that promotes evil and does no good and it starts in the church y'all we've been silent about people injustices are not okay but it's also not okay to support gay and lesbian marriage in the church and say that I'll be cancelled if I don't do it I don't care Cancel me. I'm not okay with it. Even though I deeply love the people, I, don't, I will not be told what I have to do. I will not be controlled because that's what the Jezebel spirit wants to do. I will not be silent that it is not a freaking okay to kill babies. But it's also not okay to not care about them when they're born. We've sat silent for too long and we think that a freaking Republican or Democrat is going to do a thing. We're the change. We're what people are waiting on. I'm telling you, y'all, until we decide that we'll be the light, that we'll be the people of change that God's called us to, we'll keep yelling at them or yelling at them and not being the change. And I can't help but have ringing in my ears if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and say it. Do you know it? Turn from their wicked ways. Y'all listen, listen. That is not America's verse. <laughs> I get so frustrated when people say America's a Christian nation. Who said that? Who lied to you? They were deistic when they started America. They used God. There were some Christians, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I love our country, so please do not think I'm angry at America. But it was, that, that's for the church. He said, my people, not the people that might be someday, but use my name. If these people stop tolerating that mess, y'all, I'm canceling my Netflix if on September 9th. Canceling. Because if we're going to play cancel culture, clack, clack, it's out of my house. That's That's crap. It's garbage. If you want to promote pedophilia, then I'm going to promote you out of my house. Will not happen. And I've tried to contact them, and I've gotten crickets. So they're about to get crickets from my wallet. And I may miss some shows. So be it. I'll see them someday if I really want to see them. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you know that cannot be our call? That cannot be the thing that we say, and it's just cool when you put it above your 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 table as if it's real, if it's not going to be something that we do. I do not believe boycotting, listen, I do not believe boycotting human beings helps. But I do believe that I will not support 
I will not support things that want to promote immorality and death. And most importantly, I believe God's called us as a people to change the culture in the upstate of South Carolina, in our schools, in our homes, in our lives, and we can't do it the same. So I'm going to say this. I've realized for quite a while that I'm not very cool. All right? I stopped trying to be cool years ago because it don't work. But I don't care if I'm woke. I care if I'm alive in Jesus. And that's what I hope for y'all. So for every person in this room that's struggling deeply, you came in here and you don't understand. Look at me. You don't understand why depression has come on you. I'm not talking about chemical depression that has lasted you your lifetime. I think this is different. But if you've had a depression for a few months, if you've had an anxiety for a few months, I believe it's a tolerance at some place in our lives of the Jezebel spirit that has infiltrated us. I do not believe there's one person under the sound of my voice or in this world that has ever not had her, if not a her, it's a spirit infiltrate our homes. It wants to cancel what the American home should look like with a father and a mother and children. And I say to hell with that culture. And it's time to elevate the culture of Jesus Christ and what he's called us to do. It is time to see it upside down like it's supposed to be. And as for us in our house, we will serve the Lord. So if that's what you want to do, I don't want you to follow me because I will lead you astray. I want you to follow Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus. And ask the Lord to show you places in your life that you've softened up on, that he's infiltrated, that's made you harden toward the things of God. Because if you're angry at the things of God, it's because that's infiltrated your home. And it doesn't have to anymore. So will y'all stand with me? Lord, I believe that the greatest opportunity in the history of the American church is happening as we speak. That we've had to change the way we worship, that we have to wear masks, that we worshiped online only for a few months and that everybody panicked and said, oh, they're trying to take from us. And I actually think it's our greatest opportunity to turn back to you, to look at you, to let you rule and reign. So God, I confess in front of my brothers and sisters, my ridiculous selfishness, my fear that has no place. And I ask you, Lord, to be lifted up. God, I will not be afraid to speak your truth. There is no other truth, God. There's there's not my truth and your truth. It's God's truth. And so, God, we'll stand on your truth and do it by hugging and loving deeply the people that we know desperately need you. They don't need to be yelled at. They need to be loved. They need to be told the hope of glory is in the person of Jesus Christ. And we are powerless if we let our fields and vineyards be stolen every single day by the cancel culture and by what the enemy's trying to do. So God, we confess, we repent, and we turn back to you. We are your children. We are the sheep of your pasture. And I believe that we'll leave here never the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's sing together.